Hey everyone, welcome to The Beat. Today I'm talking with Emmy Award-winning writer and celebrated director Rodney Vaccaro. Rodney, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Watson? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah. So as you Wonderful. know, here at the Beatific Society, our focus is on celebrating all teens and the movement to support inclusivity among the LGBTQ plus and straight communities. So I'd love to open up our discussion and talk to you of, of your time as a director in the late 60s and early 70s. So could you just talk a little bit about your experience um, working with a community that included such an array of different people? Ah, well, it, you know, the thing about theater is it is sort of a catch-all for people who don't feel like they fit in other places. And so we were naturally sort of a place where the LGBTQ community could always come and feel at home. And I think one of the most gratifying parts of my job when I was directing, and that was a while ago, you know, because mm -hmm. it was really the main time of my directing was the 70s and 80s. But like, it was always gratifying when you would see someone who, who you could tell had never felt a part of something, had felt like there was something in themselves that was keeping them separate from the rest of humanity. And when you can see them find a place of value, that was mm -hmm. the most gratifying thing for me. It was wonderful. That was mm -hmm. wonderful, yeah. Yeah. Was there any any person that you worked with that kind of inspired you or kind of supported you in this process? Oh, there were so many. There were so many. I mean, mm -hmm. um, well, the woman who first got me into theater uh, was gay. And so but, you know, the thing is, my family, you know, they're um, it's literally 50 percent. I mean, I have two brothers and or, I'm sorry, three brothers and two sisters I had. And three of us were gay and three of us were straight. And so it's something that I always just grew up with. And my parents were never, uh, there, were, there was never a big dramatic like coming out moment. It was something that was just always accepted. And so that was a big, I think that was an asset for me. Like I never saw that division. I just really didn't. It was just the way I was raised. It wasn't me. There's nothing special about me other than that I had parents who were social mm -hmm. justice warriors. And so yeah. they just believed that everybody was entitled to be what they wanted to be, you know? That's and so beautiful. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. It really was. And it was funny. Like I remember the first time a guy hit on me, you know, and I was just so flattered. I mean, like you, I, I talked to straight men who would go, oh, you know, it was really tense and blood. And, and mm -hmm. I was just flattered. I mean, he was so good looking, but I knew it wasn't me, you know? Right. I didn't have anything against him, but I just knew that wasn't how I worked, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, so. And so that's really beautiful how your parents raised you. It's, it's really they amazing. Were, mm -hmm. Yeah, they were very special, especially for the time that they were born in. I mean, because, right. you know, my parents were born in the early 20s. But they just, you know, they they knew this was the way the world was supposed to be. And they, it was kind of unique to their families, too. They, their families were not all like that. It was mm -hmm. them. It was them. Right. So, and even yeah. today, there are families that struggle with not opening up about those types of things. I know. I know. So I know that with your vast experience kind of in the entertainment industry, what are some changes or kind of evolutions that you've realized in communication? Um, I know you were just kind of starting to touch on it with your family, but um, between these two, these very different types of people. Well, I think one of the things that's wonderful is we're starting to understand that these aren't really very different types of people, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody, you know, when you sit down and talk with someone, 
Like that's a big part of it. You know, people don't understand how prevalent this is, you know, any type of gender or, or sexual identification. They, they don't understand how prevalent it is in all humanity that there, there are people who just are this way, you know, and you wouldn't like, you wouldn't, ostracize someone because they didn't like asparagus you know I mean that you would think that was ridiculous so why would you think that any choice they made you know that was not an immoral choice and this certainly is not an immoral choice you know it's just who you are so I think this has really been like I love what's happening now not only with gender and and sexual identity in the theater but also racial identity how we're just mm-hmm. seeing more and more blind casting, you know? Right. And I love that because it's, it's. I mean, in, in my lifetime, I saw periods where like, uh, when I came to, first came to Hollywood, I would see writers who would go to events with cover dates because they didn't want anybody to know they were gay. And I understood why, because it would affect their career. Well, that has changed, you know, just since I've Mm -hmm. been here in 30 years, it's completely different. And the the thing that was ridiculous was they'd be going to events that were hosted by executives. And I knew the executives were gay also. Everybody was just pretending that they weren't, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was now it, it seems we're being a lot more honest in some of those areas. And I love that. And I love that. I mean, I always tell people, you know, think about courage. And we always say, oh, you know, look at a soldier. That's a courageous person. And I always think, look at an eighth grade gay boy walking down the hall the first day of school. That's Mm -hmm. courage. You know, that takes a lot of courage. So Mm -hmm. we're recognizing that. It's a beautiful thing. It's good. And I I noticed you kind of mentioned blind casting. Um, And the Mm -hmm. first thing that popped into my head was Hamilton and how kind of amazing that was where there were, there was no realistic casting in that show and I thought that was so amazing how and I and um Christopher Jackson who plays George Washington I saw an interview of him and he said if I was a a young boy and I had seen someone who looked like me playing George Washington it would have completely changed my life and I think it's so beautiful and I think it's so important just like you were saying and today to like courage Mm -hmm. I think that's well you know I mean, we've always in the theater, we've always seen some of that mm-hmm. where, I mean, like in the 60s, I remember that, you know, like after hair, there was a lot of things that were kind of open, not a lot, but some, right. but it was always sort of a novelty, you know, now it doesn't seem like a novelty. Now, like um, in where we come from, where your mom and I started doing theater together yeah. at Circle, they're doing cabaret this year. And both the girl playing Sally Bowles and the guy playing Cliff are black, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't remember another production of Cabaret like that. I'm sure there are. But the thing that's wonderful about that is that it wasn't in order to make any kind of a statement. It's they, they were the right people for the roles, you right. know? And why not? Why not? Isn't that wonderful? Mm-hmm. I know. It's just wonderful. So mm-hmm. thrilling. Yeah. So is there anything specific? I know we've touched on a lot of subjects, but is there any kind of specific piece of advice um, that you would give someone in my generation um, just kind of regarding today's climate or kind of things going on right now? I'm very I'm very inspired by your generation. I'm I'm inspired by them because you you take this sort of involvement, this sort of societal involvement where you see an obligation to both the planet and the people around you, 
you sort of take that as a, a rite of passage. It's just, it's just part of your lives. And that's a new thing. I know that when, like when I was in high school and I was very involved politically and all of those things and mm-hmm. I was alone. I mean, most of the time I was the only people make person making those statements, you know, or there right. might've been two or three. Now it's very different. You see kids who are very politically active, kids are involved in the environment, you know, kids are involved in all of these other issues, all people your age where they see that like part of their existence is their obligation to both the earth and their people around them. Mm-hmm. That to me is very inspiring. You know, it's very exciting. And I know there have been dark days, you know, recently there have been, but I really have great, great hope for the future. I really do. I think the only thing I can say to you guys is just people always know what's right inside themselves, for themselves and for everybody around them. Even if they seem like they don't, they know. And just always listen to that voice and understand that it might be difficult, but the phrase I love is it always gets better. It always Mm -hmm. gets better. Never lose hope. Never lose hope. Okay. That's so beautiful to end on. Thank you so much, Rodney, for sitting down. Thank you.